Yeah, thank you for tuning in. It's more than a podcast. Inexhaustible episodes, God's vast. Glorify him as we broadcast the Lord's grace and God's wrath. More serious than a bomb blast. Full disclosure inside the title. No surprises, simply put, guys with Bibles, yeah. Just some regular reborn reformed cats If it's in the Bible then they're gonna speak on that Cause the scripture is the final word okay. Competing ideas quite absurd Of this you can be quite assured <laughs> yeah. We were lost in the darkness of night immersed in sin But then the, the light, light emerged. emerged It was the Son of God, divine Christ that shines light The word in Genesis that assigned life in hindsight And was revealed through the prophets and apostles We magnify and expound on the power of the gospel Yeah, yeah Greetings, dear listeners, and welcome to Guys with Bibles. I'm Lee. I'm Scott. And we are sadly missing Sean tonight. He had some family business to attend to, but we will somehow manage to soldier on without him. Exactly, exactly. Hey, just pray for him, and uh, we look forward to having him back. All right, today we're going to be going over, what are we going over today there, Lee? Nehemiah 3. Nehemiah 3. And which it, it would be so much fun to go and mispronounce all these Old Testament names. Which but I we're think, not going to do. We're gonna, yeah, we're going to spare the audience yeah, that We're definitely going to spare you that torture. Um, if you haven't been keeping up with us, uh, just go back and hit our Ezra episodes. Also, you can catch the latest two episodes of Previously Nehemiah 1 guys and 2. Guys Dude, you should definitely add that in. <laughs> <laughs> Nehemiah chapter 3. So it's an interesting chapter because basically the entire chapter is a description of the various people and what areas of the city that they worked on to rebuild. Right. And he basically assigned everyone to a specific place to work. Um, mm-hmm. This co- It coordinated with what their specialty was. Yeah, so you're you're right about about him assigning various people various duties because you can see uh, I'm gonna try to scan this here and pick it out, but there were there were like goldsmiths and various metal workers. Um, I think there were carpenter types, masonry type uh, workers. And then of course the priestly class was involved, and uh, people even fixing up their own neighborhoods. Together, so people that lived in a certain area fixed up their own areas, and so kind of like the like a puzzle being put together. Each individual piece of the puzzle was being managed by a certain group of people, and all of them working in concert was going to get the the city put back together. Yeah, and what's really neat about this? So all the assignments were made near the people's houses. You find this out in verses 21, 23, mm-hmm. 24, 26, 28, 30. Um, the reason for this plan are obvious. First, the people were who were assigned to the sections of the wall near their homes would be more personally involved and consequently more highly motivated. Um, Second, they would not have to travel to another part of the city to do the job, wasting valuable time. And third, in case of attack, they would not be tempted to leave their post, but would stay to protect their families. Mm -hmm. Um, Fourthly, the whole task would be um, a family effort utilizing all available talent 
Um, so I think that's very important to know uh, why Nehemiah set it up that way. That is important. It, this was methodical. This was not a... It wasn't a fly-by-night job that was being done. Like, you can tell Nehemiah cared a lot about not only finishing the project, but finishing it well and in a way that honored God and restored his city in a in a quality-type way. And you're, you're right. I like that point about, you know, the reason that it's family and neighborhood-based is that people are going to have more... Um, more pride in how that project turned out, and they're going to have all the more reason to stay and defend it if it were to be attacked. Exactly. Um, Because it's their house, it's their home, it's their friends and neighbors, and they're all in a covenant together to make this happen. And so you're you're right, they're going to be more inclined to to stick to it and not run away when there's difficulty if, if they're working together and working on their own properties essentially exactly exactly um so commuters they also had a part um men whose homes were outside of jerusalem and jericho Mm -hmm. um in verse two also i i I suck at this word um tecoa i'm almost tecoa might be it um verses Uh, five you at at? verses five and twenty seven uh, the yeah, there are uh, techoites. Yeah, techoites. So Tekoa is another um, area south of Jerusalem. Uh, we had spoken about uh, Beth Horon before. So these were people that technically lived outside of Jerusalem, but they had they were close enough, and they they were because they were uh, Jewish. They would come and uh, and work on the city themselves because they were going to be coming in to worship at the temple anyway. So they had a reason to to be part of the work also. Right, and then uh, so in verse seven, you have Gibeon, the Gibeonites, right? Gibeonites and Jaden. Now, um, w- one other thing. Sorry, I I had one one weird little note about verse five actually. So I was okay. I was glad you mentioned it. Yeah, let's go back. So it really. says verse five. It says moreover. Next to him, the Tekoites made repairs, but their nobles did not support the work of their masters. So I looked that up because I thought that was intriguing. So the Hebrew word there for masters is plural, um, but there is some debate about what exactly is intended there. And because there have been other names of God, such as Elohim, that that is technically plural, that I am at the end is a is a that notes that the word is plural, it still means the one God. So some scholars have implied that um, this actually means that the rulers of the Tekoites would not bow to God, would not worship God, so they did not give the blessing of the Tekoites to help with the project. Okay. Other people implied that the the rulers of the Tekoites would not take Nehemiah's directives huh. uh, in the service of God. Wow, I did um, not know that. Yeah, that's pretty so cool. So there, there's kind of some in-house debate on it. I think probably both readings have have um, good reasons for it. I still, I kind of like the idea that ultimately the reason they didn't bless it was because they did not honor God. So whether whether they just didn't want to listen to Nehemiah or they flatly denied God, either way, it's an affront to God anyhow that they would not um, fall in with the task and bless it. I, I wanted to do another shout out to the dung gate in verse thirteen. <laughs> it's back. <laughs> uh, 
Actually, we, we get to see several other gates while we're in here, but we'll we'll get to that in the course of time. Yeah, I also have a map here, and it um, it shows the ten gates and the four towers mentioned in this chapter. Um, of the ten gates, the six were repaired, uh, verses 1, 3, 6, and 13 through 15, um, as we see this. We have the great proje projecting tower, um, the water gate, the fountain gate, the dung gate, the pool of Siloam. Um, you got the valley gate, the tower of uh, tower of the ovens. No idea what that is. Um, Jessina, the which is the old gate. Um, mm -hmm. It's questionable. Um, the inspection gate. There's an east gate, a horse gate, sheep gate, and the tower of Hanau. Hanau. Which we, we talked about Hanau. that Hanau. tower. Yeah, which, um, right. Previously, I think. Right, and the temple was that right in the the center, um, mm -hmm. which was near. I would say it's really near the old gate and the east gate. Um, and it it really should be, it really should be by the east gate. Um, cause that's, that is what leads up to the Temple Mount now. Actually, the, the current East Gate was sealed by, uh, the Muslim occupiers of, of Jerusalem because they knew the prophecy that the Messiah would enter through the Eastern Gate. Oh, really? And so they, they sealed it up, um, when they took over, uh, and, uh, because they thought that would prevent the Messiah from being able to take his place. No kidding. I did not know that. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I have a, I have a, actually, I have a picture of the Eastern Gate from when I went there. I'll, uh, I'll see if or, I can post yeah, it. Link that in the notes or post it on Guys with yeah. Bibles. Um, that way, they kind of. There are, um, there are uh, Islamic graves uh, outside the Eastern Gate, buried along there with, uh, with poppies, and the poppies were coming up while we were there last March, huh. and uh, they're buried on the east side because that faces Mecca. Now, now, which way? Uh, where, where did you have your? Skylar Bible posted up. That was at the, uh, that was by the Sea of Galilee. We were on the Mount of Beatitudes. Okay. So I had it open to Matthew 5. Uh -huh. And uh, so that's the uh, cover photo on Facebook and also the main photo on the website. That's pretty cool. That's definitely pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. I was, uh, I was a little scared because it, it started to rain. Uh, when I first got my Bible out, and I'm like, "Oh no, yeah. I'm going to ruin the pages and the art guilt." <laughs> Luckily, it it stopped before it started, well, so good. I got the picture. God wouldn't allow it to rain on His word. No, exactly. <laughs> God's like, "Hang on, hold up." Lee just got his Bible out. We got to preserve this Skyler for this he's picture, got, so he's we got to yeah. got to make a shot. He's he's about to post yep. me all yep. over. The good the good hand of God was on my Skyler. That's, right. That's that right. You know, having a Having a Skylar is okay, but when you have an Allen, you're just more holy, you know? That is, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I should have taken an Allen with me, frankly. I'm, I tell you, we're getting on a rabbit trail. Jesus may have returned if I had done oh, that. he might have, you know? The second coming yeah. might have been it. Uh, um, we got another we got another call out to the city of David in verses 15 and 16 here also. Right. Um, so we got, we've got the fountain gate there. Um so Shalom is working on it, built it, covered it, uh, hung its doors with its bolts and bars, and the wall at the pool of Shelah at the king's garden, as far as the steps that descend from the city of David. Now, now. So they are, they're actually still uncovering the city of David right now, So, but they, they've found definite uh, remnants. 
plans, yeah, remnants of residents and um, gardens and various other places that would be a kingly residence. Now, now this may be minor and may be kind of trivial to listeners, but notice that it says bolts. They hung its doors with bolts and bars. So they had, yep. they were making metal, right? Like brackets and mm-hmm. stuff. So just remember the year this was in. This was 444 BC, and they're mm-hmm. making hinges and metal and hangers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is high tech yeah, stuff. They're, they're really, they're not stupid. They're not dumb desert no. people. They actually knew, right, they knew what they were doing. They knew how to make things strong, sturdy, and ahead of their time. Because um, basically the the metal, uh, what is it, the brass or the, what is that? Uh, probably copper. copper. There's a copper age, and then there's a, man, I think there's like a iron, iron age. I can't remember. I got to yeah. look that up, but... I'm pretty sure there's yeah I'm, certain, I'm rusty on that kind I'm of certain, stuff. There's certain ages that they came into factor, but these people they knew how to do this. Um, it's been in their their trades and their blacksmithing, so they they knew how to make this stuff, um, which is which is fascinating to me that they're out in the middle of the desert and they're able to make bolts, bars, metal brackets. Um, giant beams of wood by hand and they're they're loading these things and carrying them and maneuvering them all by hand and today we take advantage of that because we have heavy machinery and some things that they did back then we cannot replicate today um that's true which is which is mind-blowing so like with the egyptians that's true that's true Uh, oh man we so got to do a video of that Oh man, that is great! I don't know if they're gonna get that reference. That's true. Right now, my arms are going up in the air. You know, <laughs> um, I'm pointing them to the sky. You know, I'm gonna talk very subtle. So, this is why Neil. That's true. This is why Nehemiah had to do this. Um, so, he 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 knew how to build his bolts and bars. Oh yeah. Anyway, so we're moving on. Uh, yeah. So, the, uh, Sh- Sean, you're missing out. I'm sorry. That's how I felt earlier when I was like, "Yeah, you're right. You're right." And I was about to be like, "That's true." And I was like, "I'm not, not gonna do that." And then we're all going of a sudden, there. we're going. All there. of a sudden, Lee drops it, and he's like, "That's true." Yep. And oh man, can't help myself. Just, just wrecked it. Uh. Also, while we were on the subject of gates, also we have the reference here to the water gate. Right, and that's in verse which, 26. Yes. So they were making repairs to the water gate. I think, I, I looked it up a little bit, and I think the water gate is related to the Gihon Spring. That spring is what feeds the, um, the Pool of Siloam. And also, the Gihon Spring is uh, the water that Hezekiah diverted into his um, his tunnel when he made the the tunnel, right? The water tunnel. Okay. So um, I'm thinking that probably the water gate uh, is somehow noting the fact that here's this is where our water source is, right. and there may have been some sort of apparatus there for water collection um, to carry in and out. 
it's hard to well, tell. Right, and they they had a water system. Um, it wasn't the greatest water system by far, but the fact is that they had water a water system in order to bring water in and bring water out. Yeah, um, which is it's it's genius. Um, the Jebusites that lived in Jerusalem before um, the Israelites um, took ownership over it, they already had kind of channeled that spring into the Jerusalem area. And so uh, Israelites were able to capitalize on that previous work and uh, make further uh, investment into it. So well, that's pretty cool. Thanks, Jebusites. Thanks, Jebusites. Now that's just right <laughs> on the edge of the Kidron Valley, right? The Watergate. Yeah. Yeah, looking out toward okay. the valley. Yeah, that's that's what I thought. Um, if you guys didn't know, so I just wanted to make that. Kind this of is this is the kind of stuff there. that makes those maps in the back of most Bibles really handy. Right. I wish and those it maps gives in... you a, a picture. Yeah. I wish they were like the Allen, where they're uh, colorful and or like and the very NET. detailed. Um, the NET is very great, but the Allen has great maps. Um, the maps in the back of the Allens are just gorgeous, and they're super detailed. Um, you get the bells and whistles when you buy an Allen. Um, I, I think, personally, they have the best maps um, in the back. You're That's biased. What are you talking about? I am. I'm very biased. I'm an Allen guy. So. I, uh, I'm pulling out my ESV study Bible to see if it gives any... Because sometimes the study notes will have a um, map in them. Uh, right. Yeah, so there's a great... Anybody who has an ESV study Bible, if you're looking at uh, chapter 3 in there, there's a whole two-page spread of the uh, the map. I think that was the one you were referring to before, Scott. Yes. Probably something yeah. close to it. Where it kind of shows the uh, the outline of the old city at that time. Um, yeah, it, it's really fascinating to look if you can compile the maps and just show how that city grew and grew and grew and got wider and wider. Um, very That's right. fascinating. That's true. That's true. That's true. Yes. So yeah. Yes. So I there was one I guess kind of summary note that I was thinking about as we go through here. Because a lot of people, you know, naysayers like Andy Stanley, for instance, say that <laughs> that the Old Testament... It's time to unhitch. Yeah, it's time to unhitch. This is totally unnecessary to have in our Bible. <clears throat> this is totally unrelated to our lives as Christians. We need to just cut it off, focus on the New Testament only, or really just focus on the resurrection narratives from the four Gospels, and that's all you need. Well, right. pump the brakes, son, because... <laughs> Because, <laughs> Hang on. Lee's about to drop the ball here. Yeah. Here we go. Because chapters and like we'll these... we'll be back from Guys with Bibles. Okay, we're on commercial break. <laughs> chapters go like ahead, these might, might not be like the most exciting to read, but the the fact that they're in here means something. And I, I, I one way that it struck me was that, number one, and we've said this before, like in when we were studying Ezra, where there were chapters where it was just name after name after name, genealogies and things like that. So God knows the names of his people. You know, we we know that, we say that a lot, 
but it really it really becomes apparent when you see these lists in here and God has preserved these lists for a reason because we know the names of the people who were working on this we know where they were working and what parts of the city they were working on and in in a way it mirrors the way that Paul describes the church as parts of a body where we can't all be the eye and if everybody is the eye of the body how is it going to go anywhere because no one is the foot? Or how are we going to be able to eat our breakfast because there's no hands? That kind of a thing. And and you can kind of see that that division and importance of each of each part of this project working as one body. So if you think about it, you know, th- God's God's people here are working together in in sort of an act of worship in restoring the city of Jerusalem, the place where God had said his name. Uh, at the time, and it, it mirrors the importance of of the church respecting its members and their their gifts and their calling in the work of the church. You know, uh, the priests and the the leaders of Israel were doing the same work that the common people were doing. Also, everybody was working together on building the walls, and in the same way, even though we have we have pastors, just like and- America needs to do, <laughs> we all need to work together. Build the wall, build the wall. We just need to pause the economy. Everybody, stop doing what you're doing. Get to the border yeah. and build the wall. Everyone, yeah. get to the border. <laughs> grab a brick. Grab a brick, and we're gonna start slapping them down here. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. But it, but, but it, in the same way, in the church, we have we have pastors and elders, and they are tasked with responsibilities in the church. But on on a larger in a larger picture, every believer, whether they are in the office of elder or you know overseer, whether they are just a church member, whether they're a Sunday school teacher, whether they are the sound guy or whatever. We all have a part to play in fulfilling the mission that Christ has given us, and it's all equally important, but the, each job is, is different. And every one of those, um, those, one of those jobs is, and responsibilities is necessary in fulfilling the Great Commission. So I, I think we get a nice um, foreshadowing of that, of that kind of thing that, that Paul's talking about here in in this chapter and other places in, in the Old Testament, too. It's it's not irrelevant. Exactly, exactly. And I think uh, why God preserved these names in the Old Testament um, was so that in the Jews, it was important that they knew their their uh, genealogy, right? It was, basically, they had, they were, um, their pedigree was very important to them, right? Still is, um, yeah. What, and it still is to this day. So he, God needed to preserve the names that the p- bloodline of Christ was going to come through, right? Mm-hmm. So he had to preserve that bloodline and keep those names mentioned here in the Bible, which it doesn't mention all the names out there that were possible, but it only it only correlates to the bloodline of Christ, right? Right. So it's running through the bloodline of Christ all the way into the New Testament. That yeah, because the, the 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 lineage of Christ was very important to a good number of the prophecies. Right. Yeah, a lot of a lot of questions like, sorry guys, but they're not going to be mentioned in genealogies from China, um, 
deep parts of Africa, right. yada, yada. They were not important at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, or the genealogy of the pharaohs. But, you know, so mm-hmm. we're not going to get in deep with that. Or God didn't need to mention dinosaurs. So we can lose that question. Um, he's not a science book. He's he's basically telling you <laughs> the, the bloodline of Christ and why mankind needed a savior. Um, so, right. which was important for the coming of the, the Messiah. Bible is about exactly. Christ. It's, it's not, not about, about you and your agenda. Yeah, exactly. You can't insert yourself in here. So that is the only place you can insert yourself is in the place of whoever is doing the sinning. That's exactly. where you can put yourself. Yeah. <laughs> you, and you, do, you do necessary. sin. <laughs> I hope you do know that, but you, yeah, the only thing that you participated in salvation is the sin that made it necessary. Exactly. Whose quote is that? Stay, stay tuned for our later episode on Jonathan Edwards, who said those very right eloquent on. words. Bam. So, yeah. So, where right. can they find us? Okay. So they I'm can... going to ask myself this question. Where can they find us? Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey, this is Scott. Um, we're gonna. You can find us on Instagram at Guys with Bibles. Also, you can find us on our Facebook page, Guys with Bibles. Please um, subscribe. Click to be added, and we will add you to the Guys with Bibles family. Awesome. So we also have an email at guyswbibles.gmail.com. At gmail.com. At gmail.com. Sorry, I am losing my mind. <laughs> and uh, we also have a Twitter. Uh, I think it's just Guys with Bibles. Yep, at um, Guys with Bibles. And uh, please look us up on Overcast, Google Play, iTunes, at Guys with Bibles. Um, not at Guys with Bibles, but Guys with Bibles. Um, and you can listen to us free of charge. And also, you can go to our website um, at www.guyswithbibles.com and listen to our podcasts on there as well and stream there live. Um, well, not really live, but anyways. You can also check out our, our blogs. Um, Lee and Sean try to post out two <laughs> a week, but definitely check us out. Um, if you have any questions, concerns, send us a message, send us an email. If you want to complain at why we suck, just send us an email. We'll be great. Um, yeah. Send it Anyways. our way. Yeah, so Lee, send them off. All right. Wow. I get to do the honors? Yeah. Wow. Okay. See, at least this I'm is... going <laughs> to let you do something, you know? You know Thank I, I, you. I had to introduce myself to do the ending. You cut me off. I was no, ready to do it. You. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. The I hand really of was. God didn't preserve that. He, he <laughs> knew. He goes, hey, Scott, you're going to have to step up here. Okay, I got you. This is Guys with Bibles. <clears throat> Hold on. Let me, let me do that again. This is Guys with Bibles. <laughs> hey, do the Trump one. Do the Trump one. All right. Okay. This has been Guys with Bibles, and uh, we're out. <laughs> hey, see you later, everybody.